Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of A Hard Style Podcast. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code BACKPACK. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. podcast episode 221 we are back after yes, a week off dexter henry brian fonseca here i had to take a little bit of time away brian last week you know relaxed the mind of spring break took the daughter up to legoland had some fun there you know she was moving bricks legos not oh yeah, look, yeah, look, right you can't, look look pusha <laughs> t just dropped this album you can't do that you know what i'm saying like <laughs> He nah, literally but, just came out on Friday, which we probably should talk about at some point. We should. We, but, prob- we, you know, we probably should. We, I, should. we haven't texted about that, but like I, you know, I, I, I got to give it a couple more listens. I'll put it to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But it was it was a good trip up there. I know you are in a good mood, and we're gonna have a lot to talk about this episode because Brian's Heat at the time of recording this Brian's is up three one in the first <laughs> round. Against the Atlanta Hawks, he's going to say it's not his team, but we all know. We all know. It should, look, and honestly, it should be a sweep. It should be four nothing at this point. They gave fair. they gave up one game, and they've been whooped. Look, all I'm saying here we is, go. Here we oh, go. Look, look, this is all I'm going to say because we have to get to our guests. Yes, we want to keep our guests waiting. All I'm going to say because we may or may not get to this later in the show. Yes, mad people were just like, "Oh, Trey Young's the best player in the series." Whatever, whatever. And I'm like, "Whoa!" According to whom? Does anyone not care about defense well, here? Well, and 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 I'm just saying the way things have played out, the supposed best player in the series has been in jail the entire time. He has 37 year old PJ Tucker has been one of these people locking his ass up. See, and, and PJ Tucker has been very good defensively. So I don't mean to like say that that's a bad thing or whatever the case may be. Right. But I think a lot of people thought that he would have put PJ Tucker on the highlight now, and that hasn't been the case. That has not been the case. We will get to that later, but. For this episode, we're going to talk a little bit of football. Yes. NFL, NFL Draft Week. That's right. NFL Draft Week coming up on Thursday. Everybody's yeah. excited about that. The time you get excited about who's going to be the best prospects, who's going to say that this player is going to be great, but then they end up not being great. So who's going to write the racist scouting report? <laughs> yeah, as, as happens all the time. Yeah. So to talk about the NFL with us, we got somebody uh, here. I'm really excited about him coming to the show. Um, I think this is a great opportunity that we have. Andre Coleman, five years in the NFL as a wide receiver, and he was a damn good kick returner. We're going to get into that as well, too. He also coached on the college side, being a wide receivers coach for the Texas Longhorns. He did that for about three seasons. Andre joins us now. Andre, what's up, man? Welcome to what's the What's going program. on, fellas? How y'all doing, up, man? man? We are good. We are good. How are you? I'm blessed, man. I appreciate you, boys. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Nah, also, man. also, let's mention yes. former third round draft pick. Do I have that right? 
Third round, Third round draft, draft pick, San Diego Chargers. Actually, you know what, man? I got drafted by the New England Patriots, right? Ah. And and traded to the San Diego Chargers. And I was on an airplane, didn't know any of it. <laughs> oh, damn. So, so wait, hold on, hold right, on. Here's where we're You got to tell us this. You got to tell us the story. So how did you find this out? You get off the airplane. How did this all go down? Draft day, man. Draft day. It was one of those situations where I, you know, I thought I was in a good, uh, uh, good situation. Thought I'd be drafted on day one, and I sat there all day, man. So, you know, one of the things I suggest for for guys going to the draft don't don't sit around and, and wait for your name to be picked. It is a long, long, miserable day if it's not picked early. And <laughs> nah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so the next day I was frustrated. I jumped on a plane and I was going back to Manhattan, Kansas, right to to, to K State to work out. And I actually got drafted while I was at the airport. And when I landed, I had been drafted and traded to the San Diego Chargers. So it was a kind of a crazy. I was happy that I got drafted. But well, let, let me ask you this, too, Andre, on that note. Did you want to go to New England or were you really happy that you got to go to San Diego? Because I feel like oh, I'd be happy no. to go to San Diego. Listen, man, when you get that opportunity, when it's an opportunity for you to uh, fulfill a lifelong dream, a lifelong goal, you, you don't really care where you like that, that to me, that's a little bit prima donna to say, yeah, I want to go to the spot. I was happy to be to be drafted. I was happy to, to play in the NFL. I was happy to be able to, you know, change my life. Man. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. You know exactly what that is like. And you know what it's like for a lot of these young men um, this week. So let's let's go a little bit before that, Andre. You play five seasons in the NFL. Uh, you play for the you play for the Chargers. Um, as you said, you also played for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks. So. You had a nice career there. But when you go back to preparing for the NFL draft, what was that like for you in the months from deciding you're going to try to do this professionally, you know, combine, workouts, meeting with teams? What was it like in your preparation leading up to the draft? So now, man, everything, you know, back then, you know, we were, we we're a little bit we're a little bit more old school. Right. I, you know, I stayed at K-State. I, re- I worked out with uh, with our head strength coach who I thought who I felt like, uh, you know, knew me the best. And uh you know, and, and prepared me the best. But nowadays, you know, you got guys that are traveling and they're hanging out, you know, they're working out with these trainers and everything is, everything is really fancy now. Uh, but, you know, everybody's process is different. I mean, you're spending, you know, from the, from the time the season's over, I mean, you're, you're spending time preparing for the combine. And so you're doing very uh, specific drills because you want to get, you know, you want to, you want to put up good numbers, uh, you know, have a pro day that you want to, that you want to, uh, you know, you want to shine, you know, on, but uh, it, it's, it's really a, a long, you know, waiting game, you know, um, mm. you know, I, I didn't, I got drafted by the chargers. I got drafted by the Patriots and traded to the chargers. And I don't think I talked to either one of them in the process leading up to the draft. Wow. So wow. you just, you, you just never know, man. Like you just got to be prepared for your name to be called. And when it's called, you gotta be ready to, you know, you gotta be ready to step up. How did that work out? Like you didn't, so they didn't, you didn't know they were scout. You didn't know that you were being scouted by them at all. No, no, I did. So, you know, all 32 teams will will, will come by all 32 teams will talk to you, but you know, if if you're not a top, you know, a really uh, a high pick, you know, they're not courting you leading up to the draft. I mean, it really is a waiting game. I mean, they'll reach out to you, make sure they got the right contact information, make sure they got the right phone number, but you know, if, if you're not probably one of those first day guys for sure, uh, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of courting in the process. 
Damn, that yeah, well, that's a lot of in terms of the waiting game and just waiting, you know, to hear and not knowing and the unsurety, you know, and, and even back then, just a different time of that, you know, you're right, it's a different game now. But then you've also worked on the college side, you worked with kids um at Texas, um, and you've worked with guys who probably are trying to get into the draft where you were and trying to play in the league. How do you as a coach, with all your information from playing the league, prepare those kids for playing in the NFL and get ready for draft day? Yeah, man, I, I started off at Youngstown State. I was there for three years, and then I, I moved on to Kansas State. I was there for six years, which is my alma mater, and I uh, was uh, here at the University of Texas for the last uh, for the last three seasons. And for me, man, you know, when I, you know, day one, you know, my mentality, because that's where I've been, I'm already trying to prepare you, right? And, you know, it, it's preparing you, you know, on the field, and it's preparing you off the field, right? And as you as you get a little bit older, obviously, you know, uh, you, you start, you know, you start talking about the NFL thing. But, you know, you know, I, I try to be I try to be a truth teller to my players. Right. I My guys going to tell you that I'm going to shoot them straight and that I'm going to keep it real. Sometimes it's, it's brutal honesty. And the reality is less than one percent of the guys are going to make it to the NFL. Man. So right. I'm talking to these guys about, hey, man, you got to make sure you get your degree. You got to make sure you network. got to make sure you, you know, you know, build relationships while you're here in school, because. I mean, you can make it because I did. I'm not saying that you can't, but the chances are slim, you know. And, uh, you know, everybody's got this uh, – they, they got this fantasy of going to the league, you know, just because you go to a, a, a BCS or a Power 5 school, and that, that, that's, that's not the case, man. It takes a lot of work. takes a lot of commitment. takes a lot of dedication. And quite frankly, most guys just not dedicated and committed to doing it. It sounds good, right? It sounds good going to the league, but right. the commitment and the work that it takes – most guys ain't about that life. Mm. What would you What would you say are the biggest differences now in preparing for the draft compared to like before when you were doing it? Because now I feel like throughout the course of my life, and I'm 28, so throughout the course of my life, the draft has become a bigger and bigger deal, like seemingly every season, right? Like I remember specifically in 06, I remember the Reggie Bush draft, Mario Williams, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember that being a pretty big deal on TV. But now, like the entire process starts much starts much sooner. You have more guys coming out with mock drafts and things of that nature. People who know shit, people who don't know shit, and like I'm just. It seems like it's there's more of a spotlight and more pressure now. So I don't know. Could you speak to that? Like the differences, I mean, similarities. I, I, yeah, that's a great question, Brian. I think, man, that that everything is you know with the information age, with the social media age, right. everything's just bigger now, right? Everything is a production. That's probably. You know, one of the things that I learned, you know, in getting back into the getting back into the game from a coaching perspective is that uh, there's a lot of perception, right? There's a lot of what you see, and then there's a lot of real the stuff that's really going on behind closed doors, man. And so, uh, you know, when I played, uh, you know, I didn't understand the business of the NFL, uh, you know, and now that I'm a little bit older and maybe a little bit more mature uh, from a coaching uh, aspect, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of politics uh, behind a lot of stuff, man. And uh, you know, it, it's frustrating because I think it's taking the college game. Uh, you know, that's when it used to be fun, right? You used to play for something, right? You play for your guys, you play for your buddy, you play for the guy to the right, to the left of you. And now, especially with this name, image and likeness deal in college, man, it's, it's much more of a business, even at a high school level now, right? Uh, kids are getting recruited and they want to know what kind of NIL deals they're getting. They're talking about money. And so it's really changed the game. Uh, 
you know, and if, if, if players don't have the right guidance around them, uh, you know, it, it, it could be difficult, man. I think you made an interesting point there, Andre, on that, because I'm curious about how you feel as a coach who's watched, watched that too with somebody who's played. The NIL stuff, uh, I'm sure it sounds to me like you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, you're glad to see these kids get their money, but you can also see how it could be a problem or, or sort of distraction in a way, which I, I've always thought that too. We can see that. I want these kids to get the money. Please get their money because we know the NCAA is not doing right by some of, some of these kids in, in a way. But do, have you seen that be a distraction to kids in, in, in coaching or around that circle? Is that something that concerns you going forward as a coach working with kids in, in that way? Uh, you know, I, I've seen it. And again, if, if you don't, if you don't have the right guidance and the right, uh, circle around you, uh, I mean, quite frankly, man, a lot of these guys, 17, 18 years old, ain't ready to handle it. I wasn't ready to handle it when I was 17, 18. So, uh, you know, you, you give a seven, 17, 18 year old, you know, a bunch of money, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. And, and, you know, you know, more money, more problems, right. They got to deal with <laughs> You know, some of these guys are living better than their families, right? So that's mm. stressful, right? That could be different. Uh, you know, uh, you know, some of these guys, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, they they just don't understand. You know, a lot of it is given to these guys, right? And you know, and and you know, things have to be things have to be earned. And so, a lot of times, man, you deal with a little bit of attitude. You deal with, uh, you know, you deal with uh, a, a generation that's. Uh, that, that feels entitlement, uh, you know, so, you know, it, it could be, it could be, it could be frustrating, man. That's why, you know, it's a blessing for me right now to be able to have a little, a little transition, a little bit of a break because I was really like, uh, you know, not burnt out, but you know, there, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot that's going on in the game and the game has changed a lot, you know, in the last year. And quite frankly, they don't really know how to regulate it yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 creating it's creating some issues, you know, well, from you, a standpoint. Well, you saying that is actually a good transition to what I wanted to ask you next, which was about the state of football. And it could be college and the pros. You could tell me both. Do you like where the game is at? There are a lot of differences in the game. Before we got on here, you and Brian, Brian were talking about, you know, lack of you know, kick returns. We'll get into that as well, too. But the game is very different than when you played it. Um what do you like about the game that's better now or the things that you don't like about games? Tell me, what do you think about the state of football? I mean, I mean, I understand the game, you know, the game is starting to get watered down a little bit. I mean, let's keep it real, right? Like no, no kick returns, right? Yeah, you know, bro, like, Brian, Brian is totally going to rock with you on this. Just want to let yo, you know. Like, but it's real though. Like, you know, there's, there's like, how can you tackle somebody without, without using your head? Like, tell me how that possible. Right. And so, I understand we want to we want to teach proper technique, proper fundamentals, you know, c- to protect guys from injuries. Uh, but the game is getting, you know, the game is getting a little tasked off right now, you know. And uh, uh, you know, I want to make sure that we that we that we keep it exciting, man, and, and you know, make it the game that that we all grown to love. Yeah, it, there's a lot that's taken from it. Go ahead, Brian. I know you. I know you want to say something. On no, it. go ahead. Go ahead. No, but it's interesting because like we have these same conversations about like just societally, a lot of things are skewing in that direction. And you could even bring it back to another sport, basketball, where it's a very different game, more finesse than it was like at one point. But what I wanted to ask Andre was like, just we're not seeing kick returns now basically like they you know they move the line up so that it's easier to just kick it out of bounds we're barely seeing punt returns now and things of that nature and like me and Dexter love 
Dante Hall, who was a return specialist at some point. Devin Hester, who's yeah. awesome at it. And you were one of the best kick returners of the 90s. You had some 1,000-yard seasons, mm-hmm. and it feels like we're never going to see that again. And people say that, look, it's dangerous, but it's also part of the game. And the entire game is dangerous. So I'm wondering, like, where, like, where's the sort of line here? And do you feel like they're sort of getting rid of, like, the 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", receiver slash return specialist who can just be a game changer on any given return? Well, yeah, you know, yeah, that's happening. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you know, from a, from a, from a protection standpoint, the, you know, the league's trying to protect itself as well, right? Like, there's a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, when I play, man, like we, you know, we take a shot, you know, you get your bell wrong. We call it. I mean, we didn't we didn't leave a game for concussions. Right. Uh, you know, but, you know, now it's like, you know, got to take a tough hit. Uh, you know, it's it's concussion protocol. It's, you know, and, and I get it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that you keep guys safe. But, you know, it is a it's a physical it's a physical game. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and you run the risk of of of, you know, serious injury. Uh, if you play it, I was fortunate enough to not have any, uh, you know, major injuries or surgeries, uh, you know, but I can definitely feel the licks, you know, years later. Yeah. The, the game, the game is, is what it is. And I'm with you on this, Andre, right? Like you got to protect the player's safety first. We don't want to see players get concussed. We don't want to see the major injuries, but I'm with Brian on it too. Taking certain elements out, like the kick returning has made the game, I would say not as exciting for me, right? It's not really about the physicality of the hits, but I love the good, great kick returners, like Brian mentioned. I love seeing that um, as part of the game. But you also, you know, your wide receiver played the position of wide receiver, coach guys playing that position. What makes a wide receiver elite at the NFL level? Um, you, you've seen a lot of the greats, and, and, you know, you've coached some guys that go into that. What makes the wide receiver elite at that NFL level? Well, uh, you know, what I think makes a wide receiver elite, it's not necessarily the physical uh, aspect. Yeah, you got to be, you got to have some good size. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to catch. Those are the basic things that you got to have as a, as a wide receiver. But I'm a firm believer that I think it's the 80, 20 rule, right? And 20 and, and the 80 is obviously the mental side of the game. And there's a lot of guys who are great athletes, who are fast, who are big, you know, and, 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 and you see him, you see him on the hoof and you say, wow, this guy's a player, but you know, he can't line up right. He's running the wrong route. And those are things that, that, that people from the stands necessarily, you know, don't see. And so I don't care how good you are. If you're not running the right route, if you're not in the right place, I can't depend on you. And so a lot of it at the next level is, is mental. And, you know, and quite frankly, it's about investing the time, right? It's about investing the time when you practice for an hour and a half, you know, two hours, when practice is over, uh, you know, what are you doing to get better? Are you staying out there? Are you working on your techniques and your fundamentals? Are you, are you, are you studying front film? Do you understand coverages? Do you, you know, do you understand how to read, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, the, the secondary, all those things make a, make a difference when you want to play at, at, at an elite level in the NFL uh, because the game is so fast. Like everybody's fat, everybody's bigger, everybody's stronger, everybody's faster. So you have to react faster and, you know, a lot of times guys, you know, it's not because they're not physically gifted. It's because mentally they're not in a place to be able to play at that level. One of the things that like people talk about when it's NFL draft season and NBA draft season in particular is whether or not there should still be a draft because there's been sort of a little movement to sort of try to get rid of the draft that I don't think will ever be successful necessarily. But 
there are reasons that they make for that. Like, Andre, do you think guys coming out, like, do you think that there should still be a draft or should guys be able to pick where they're going to work, basically, like in the way that Dexter and I would, for example? Like, or is there a yeah, different way nah. to kind of do this? Yeah, I like the draft, man. I I, I like the draft. I like the, 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 you know, the concept behind it. Hey, if you're not very good, you get a high pick. Uh, you know, problem is, I, I truly I think this is the case in the on the on the on the college level, and I think it's the case on the pro level. Is some guys can identify talent, and some guys just can't. That's just what it is. And uh, uh, you know, you know, you, you talk about like next week is a draft, and you got you know first round, right? And so one of the big positions that everybody takes in first round, you're gonna get quarterbacks, right? And so everybody thinks because you draft a quarterback in the first round, this guy's going to be a good player. The reality is, Brian, I got this from you, man. I, I listened to, to one of you guys' deal, and you and you 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 always about the numbers, right? Uh, there's a 14% success rate for a, a guy, a quarterback being picked in the first round, 14%. Huh. So chances are you, you pick a quarterback in the first round, he's not going to make it, right? Huh. And that success is being judged on, you know, does he make it to a second contract? Does he lead his team to the playoffs? Like, there's a lot of analytics behind it. But the reality is, uh, most guys get it wrong. <laughs> most guys get it wrong, man. And so, uh, you know, I, I think being able to identify talent uh, and really know to really know what it looks like. And to me, man, if you ain't been out there, if you ain't been around it, if you ain't played with it, if you ain't did it, you don't know, right? That's like that's like me. That's like me. You know. Uh, you know, stepping in and, and trying to, you know, to 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 do you guys' job. Like you guys are professionals <laughs> at what you do. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but that's Thank the you. case. That's the case. In a, that's the case in a, in a lot of situations. In college, you got, you know, there, there's some organizations that run, that, that structure their, 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 their recruiting in a way that a personnel guy is saying, hey, here's the guys we should take. And I'm like, I, I don't know. There's a guy out there. There's a guy out there that can tell me, you know, what yeah. receiver I should take. You right, know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. Right. How can you tell me which guy to take? But, uh, but that's part of the game, man. That's that's uh, you know, that that that's the way it's structured a lot of times, and you know, sometimes that can be challenged. What, what have you? What are your thoughts on this year's draft? Right, because this is a draft. You talked about quarterbacks being taken in the first round, and a lot of times. Teams are looking for that next quarterback. Uh, who, who's the guy that can get? You just brought up the numbers. 14% success rate. That ain't good. Most of the guys you pick there to be your starting QB or franchise QB you're hoping for, it's going to be a bust pretty much to, to what you're saying. This is not considered, as I'm sure you know, Andre, this is not considered to be a strong quarterback draft. What do you just think about this draft overall and the talent that's there? And Do you think there's some good talent in this draft? Or is it just about – the good teams, the good organizations identifying that talent as they always do, and the bad teams not doing that. Well, I, I think that's part of it. The good teams know how to identify the talent, and they not just identify the talent, right? You know, pick talent that fits into your into your your schematic scheme set, right? You can't, you know, if 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 uh, you know if a if a position needs a smaller scat type guy that can make people miss in space, you don't want to you don't want to go pick a six four. 200 and you know 20 pound receiver like he doesn't he doesn't fit the bill uh you know so uh but I think there's good players uh it, it, it's hard there's good players every year there's a lot of great players 
And, you know, there, there are great players at the Division three level. There are great players at, you know, one AA level that, you know, maybe just didn't get uh, the exposure, all right? But they went somewhere, they worked hard, they developed, and now they put themselves in a position, uh, you know, to, to have an opportunity to play at the next level. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to say when you don't sit back and watch the film yourself, right? There are certain things that I look at, like how he fires off the ball. What's his, can he put his foot in the ground? Can he change directions? What kind of hands does he have? How's his football IQ? When you talk to him, how articulate is he? Does he understand the game? So there's a lot of factors that go into it. And, uh, you know, and, and most of these NFL teams are pretty thorough, man. They, I mean, they ask it everything. They're really, I tell my guys, they trying to find something negative to say about you. Like, that's their job. Like they are literally trying to find something negative to say. Uh, and so, uh, you know, again, you know, some guys get it right. I mean, just look at the history of the NFL. Like some guys take guys, you never heard of them, but they play well because they're well coached, uh, they're disciplined and they're in the right spot. Right. And uh, if you're if you fundamentally sound and you're smart, you're going to be in the right place. I can put you in position to make a play, you know, as a coach. Uh, but I got to depend on you to do those things. Right. Was there were there any knocks that you heard before the draft before in your experience? Oh, yeah. I was too short. I was too small. Right. I was I was five, nine, 165 pounds. So, of course, the biggest knock on me was, well, you know, he he can't handle he can't handle the, 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 the pounding. Right. He's not big enough. Right. But my strength was my speed. You know, so. Uh, I was able to come in and, you know, I was all rookie my fresh my rookie year. My, I, you know, I made the all rookie team. So, like, you know, it could be done. So that's why I tell guys, man, doesn't Tyler like is a guy that I recruited at uh, that I coached at Kansas State. Mm. Tyler's a four time pro bowler. Tyler's, you know, five, nine, one hundred and seventy five pounds. He's not very big. Uh, he's not fancy. He's not flashy like some of the receivers. But I tell you what, man, his work ethic is impeccable. He's extremely smart. His football IQ is through the roof and he catches everything that you throw his way. And so that's why he's been able to make over a hundred million and, you know, and, and, and be a, you know, NFL all pro multiple times. See, I'll tell you see, what, Andre. Dex, Dex don't know about that. Cause he's six, two over there. <laughs> I'm about, I'm about your height. I'm about five, eight, you know what I'm saying? I'm a little shorter, but like, see, like I had to ask the question cause I go, I remember, right. I remember. Mm-hmm. But like, also just going back into football reference, seeing five nine one sixty five, I'm like, the, all my favorite football players are around the same size. But that's yeah. what I know about that. You yeah, yeah but but I, what what I do know, Andre, I I knew that question was coming, and I knew that once you gave your height and the knocks that were against you when you were trying to come to the league, you are a Brian All Star. You were the kind of player Brian would gravitate to. You had the speed. You were short. People doubted you, hey. and you overcame. That 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 matters too. We got to yeah. say that too. Look, I, I I was a big Trenton Holiday guy. You know what I'm saying? He's like five five. Darren Sproles, I told you that was one of my Darryl favorite. Darren Sproles, my boy. Guys. Yeah, good dude. I love that. I love watching Darren Sproles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, these so. yeah. bro, like you can't, like you can't, you can't, you can't put size on heart. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that, that's, that's a Brian motto right there. That's a Brian <laughs> motto right there. Yeah, and 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 these pros got heart. Tyler Lockett got heart. He's heart. got the heart of a lion. You know what I'm saying? So. Guys like that, I'll take, and those are the intangibles you don't get to see. So when you, so when you're, when you're drafted a guy, like you got to go sit down and talk to him, man. You got to understand, you know, where is he from? What kind of backgrounds he have? What kind of families he have? And all those things will tell you. And it's the same thing recruiting on a, on a, on a, on a, on a high school level. You know, you see some kids, they may be really good and you see them and you talk to them and then you watch their actions. And then you say, I don't think this guy's a great player, but I don't think he has the character that, 
that that we need, right? I don't think mm-hmm. he I don't think he has the work ethic that we're going to need to for him to really excel at this level. And you know, uh, and so guys like that, I like to turn away from. You know what I mean? But there's some guys in this profession that want to hey, they want to recruit those they want to recruit those guys. You know, uh, you know, rain, you know, uh, you know, no matter what. And and sometimes those guys just aren't good for your program. Mm, yeah, fit, fit matters. Chemistry matters. How did it feel for you? I, I'm going to follow up on Brian's question here. Five nine, 165 pounds. A lot of people told you you're too small. You couldn't take the hits. How did it feel when you made the NFL and you had some success? You, I feel like if I was you, I'd be like, told y'all, tell y'all the whole time. Well, you know, it, it, it was something like that, man. But it's like I was, I was just excited, you know, to have an opportunity to 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 make it and play in the NFL. I mean, I knew I was good enough. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I was ready to put the work. I did have a chip on my shoulder. I ain't even going to lie to you. I had a little chip on my shoulder. And, uh, you know, and, you know, my rookie year, uh, like I said, was able to, you know, make the all-rookie team. Uh, we, you know, we won the AFC championship, went to the Super Bowl. Only team in charge of history to make it to the Super Bowl to this day. Yep. And uh, so, you know, I'm pretty, pr- I'm pretty proud about that, to play a role in that. You absolutely, you absolutely should be. No, no doubt about that, Andre. Uh, a couple more things before we get you out of here. Um, NFL, we've seen a just lack of black head coaches. You've been in coaches. You know about the Brian Flores lo- lawsuit uh, that went down at the top of February. What do you think about what's going on in the NFL and also in college? Are, are we seeing any kind of change? Because it seems like it's really been slow. We've been talking about the same problems, especially as black people. I see you shaking your head on that. We've been talking about this for so long, Andre. Like, where is is the change coming? And do you think this Brian Flores lawsuit is a step towards that change? I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 we all know that there's uh, a discrepancy in uh, with you know the numbers uh, with coaches. Uh, when you look at a team, whether it's college or pro. The vast, you know, uh, a large majority of those guys, you know, uh, uh, you know, are minority. Uh, but I mean, I guess it's just like any big profession, you know what I mean? Or any big, you know, company. Right. We have those same things at Fortune 500 companies. Right. Or, you know, yep. are there are there black, uh, you know, senior VPs. Right. Uh, you know, so it, it's 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 frustrating because. uh we dominate the the profession as players, right? Uh, yet we're not represented the same way from a from a coaching standpoint. And you know, it, it gets you know it, it could get you know you know Brian Flores. Uh, you know, I, I support Brian. Uh, I was at the combine about a, a month and a half ago or, or so, and I had an opportunity to meet him. And uh, you know, and and you know, I'd never met him before in my life, uh, but you know knowing the 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 burden that 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 he shouldered that he took on his shoulders i got a lot of respect for him i tell you what i just watched the scene and a lot of coaches in the nfl have a lot of respect for him i know guys that was on his staff at the university i mean at at uh, with the dolphins uh and they speak highly of him uh you know just to respect a lot of people you know you know came up and, and spoke to him he's very intelligent uh, he seems like a man of his, you know, he seems like a, a man of, 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 of great character. And, and uh, you know, uh, so, you know, he, he has his story, you know what I mean? He, he has his truth. I wasn't there. Right. I didn't get the text messages. I don't know. Right. But I do. But I do know uh, 
a lot of shady stuff goes on in this profession, mm-hmm. both college and pro. Mm-hmm. That that I know, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody has their own experience. Right. And if that's Brian Flores' experience, then uh, you know I support him one hundred percent. Absolutely, absolutely, gotta gotta support him in his fight for that. Uh, last question for us, Andre: What is next for you? Because you're in a bit of a transition period right now. Got some good credentials, NFL. Did some coaching. What what's next for Andre Coleman? What are you trying to do next? To be honest with you, man, like right now, I, I, I'm I'm focused on uh, just you know taking a break. It's been it's been like it's been difficult, man. Like we came through a you know we just came through a pandemic. Right. We 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 had a you know a social movement. Right. That was tough. Right. And, you know, I was at the University of Texas. We had to deal with this eyes of Texas. That Like there's a lot yeah. of stuff that, uh, you know, that affected me like as a man, as a black man, it affected me. Right. That I had to kind of. I kind of had to I kind of had to I kind of had to just wear it. Right. And I had to be strong for my players. I had to stand strong for my players. It, it was it was difficult. Uh, you know, so I'm fortunate, I'm fortunate enough to be in a situation, man, that, uh, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still under contract. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm able to take some time right now and focus on my mental, my, my, my mental health, right. Get myself right. Uh, I'm working with a, a company called vision pursue, man. And they, they, uh, they focus on a performance mindset, right. Just all the things that go through your mind, all the negative thoughts, and then how, how, uh, learning how to deal with those, how to channel those, uh, you know, and how to have the, the, the proper response, right? Because uh, you know it, it, it's challenging. There are uh, there are a lot of a lot of young young people, a lot of kids, and 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 people like myself that are that are have gone through a lot, you know, in the last you know two years, right? So I just want to focus on you know getting myself right, uh, focus on you know. My kids, my daughters, man, being a better father, right? Using this opportunity to spend some time with them. We spend so much time on the road recruiting. Like that's a fifty over fifty percent divorce rate, man, because coaches just spend so much time. Like it don't take that long to get it done, right? But, right. Uh, but you spend a lot of time, and so you sacrifice a lot of things, man. And and family is one of the things that coaches sacrifice, right? A lot of people don't understand that side of the game. So I want to spend some time with my girls, man, and my grandbaby. I got a granddaughter. And then uh, and focusing on my foundation, I got a foundation called Dream Village. Uh, our mission is to use the influence of sports and entertainment and the culture to help at risk kids. You know, we do things like, uh, uh, you know, targeted tutoring, you know, ACT, SAT prep, mentoring. Uh, so I'll, I'll spend some time and just, you know, and giving back and just being thankful, uh, you know, for for the many blessings that I've been able to, to have over the years, man. No, man, that's that's beautiful. And I'm also really happy to hear you talk on on mental health, because I think a lot of times we've been talking, having that conversation around athletes, but not necessarily coaches. And um, I do want to say, I know know you were coaching at the University of Texas in uh, the Ides of Texas song. And I don't understand why the people down there still want to keep singing that. They need to get rid of that. I'm going to say that. Um, And I think that's that's obviously going to affect the players who are black that are there in Austin and also the people that are coaching there, too. And so. I appreciate you speaking about the mental health, Andre, because that's this important, especially for us as as men, black men, Latino men, like Brian, for us to speak about that, you know. So we, I, I like hearing that from a coach 
around athletes. So thank you for talking on that. We appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. No, for, for I, pre- I appreciate you guys, man. You guys, like I said, uh, I, you guys do an awesome job, man. And uh, you guys, you guys really make it, make, make it, make it cool. I'll, I'll come back anytime, man. I, I really enjoyed uh, spending some time with you guys. Oh man, we definitely, we definitely have to have you back, man. We, we really like you, especially when Brian, you know, you're into the Brian club. You're in that that height range, you know what I mean. So he's he's definitely gonna want you back. I'm telling you, man. You you bring the energy. You get hyped. Those, just send us a message. Brian will be like, yeah, let's bring RJ back. He he got that same energy. It'll be good. Like, that NFL is, season will be here before you know it. Training yeah. camp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we lo- we'd love to we'd love to have you back on again, man. To come and kick it with us, everybody. That is that is Andre uh, Coleman. You can definitely follow him on Twitter. Check out his foundation and all the great work that he is doing, Andre. Thank you again for joining us on A Hard to Tell Podcast, man. I appreciate you, brothers, man. You guys keep doing your thing. It ain't hard to tell you boys are the baddest out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> we like that. Thank you.